It's been the better part of a decade since we first heard about a massive, controversial breakthrough in science and medicine that seemed too insane to be true. And so far, we have yet to been proven otherwise, uh, though the doctor behind the theory still insists that it's possible. And he's even got some new ideas about how to move forward with such a procedure, thereby proving his hypothesis. And we are, of course, talking about Italian neurosurgeon Sergio Cannavaro. Mamma mia. And his claims regarding the feasibility of human head transplants. Just Bro. take it off, move it, and it's good as new. Uh, now, we have to go way, way back for this one, all the way to 2015, when Sergio made headlines with his full-body, aka head transplant claims, which has now gifted us with the amazing image of the original, preserved story and title, alongside a note which dates the news, putting it on par with any number of Elon Musk's promises. First full-body transplant is two years away, surgeon claims. This article is more than seven years old. Thank you, The Guardian. Yeah. I love, uh, I appreciate that uh, I'm never going to get old news mixed up with with new news yeah. because it's right there. Yeah, otherwise I would have believed that there were uh, humans walking around with different heads successfully. And to really put it in context, uh, a lot of people originally thought this was viral marketing for Metal Gear Solid uh, 5 because he does eerily resemble a surgeon character in that game yeah but it has been so long since that game came out that like it's like oh 2015 like that doesn't seem that long ago it's like yeah people thought this was viral marketing for a video game that is basically ancient now mm -hmm. but let's take a look at what sergio claimed back then was possible knowing that uh, with hindsight that none of it ever came true mm -hmm. yeah, or even close to true especially within his very aggressive time frame Conovero has claimed for years that medical science has advanced to the point that a full-body transplant is plausible, but the proposal has caused raised eyebrows, horror, and profound disbelief in other surgeons. Putting aside the considerable technical issues involved in removing a living person's head, grafting it to a dead body, reviving the reconstructed person, and retraining their brain to use thousands of unfamiliar spinal cord nerves, the ethics are problematic. Quote, if society doesn't want it, I won't do it. But if people don't want it in the U.S. or Europe, that doesn't mean it won't be done somewhere else, he said. I'm trying to go about this the right way, but before going to the moon, you want to make sure people will follow you. The real stumbling block is the ethics. Should this surgery be done at all? There are obviously going to be many who disagree with it. Um, yeah. I mean, look, it, 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 it does sound like it could be cool. If it worked exactly the way he thinks that it would. It's just, you're the only one even proposing this. Yeah. Um, and, well, at first, and you've had seven years and you haven't really shown anything for it. At first, this was all like done under the, uh, you know, sort of like a failing body kind of thing. And you just swap the heads and you're good as new. And now he's kind of pitching it more as a like uh, perpetual youth kind of thing like not necessarily yeah. that your like legs don't work or something like that but you could be young forever though he does uh, point out that he hasn't figured out how to uh, stop the head itself yeah, major an old head on like a 25 year old's body yeah um, there you but go. yeah, it's just like, it's one of those things like as a child with your child brain, you're <laughs> yeah. like, you're like, yeah, sure. They, 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 they do transplants for other stuff. Like pop that head on there. But it's like, no, this is like going into your computer. This is like going into a server at like, we're at like Google or Amazon web services and just taking a machete to thousands and thousands of wires mm -hmm. and just being like, all right, I'll right, just put them like, back together. Yeah, boop, no problem. Just some electrical tape. We'll yeah. be good to go. <laughs> uh, but reporting from the guardian continued, despite Canavero's enthusiasm, many surgeons and neuroscientists believe massive technical hurdles push full body transplants into the distant future. 
The starkest problem is that no one knows how to reconnect spinal nerves and make them work again. Were that possible, people paralyzed by spinal injuries could have surgery to make them walk again. Yeah, that's a good point. Quote, there is no evidence that the connectivity of cord and brain would lead to useful sentient or motor function following head transplantation. Richard Borgens, director of the Center for Paralysis Research at Purdue University in Indiana, U.S., told New Scientist. Hold on. You take, you cut the head off. Yeah. You pop uh, an Elon Neuralink in that head. Yeah. You pop another a Neuralink receiver in the body mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, make sure that Wi-Fi is connected and no need to connect all those thousands of important nerves that need yeah. to send messages between the brain and everything below yeah. the neck um, because we're wireless, baby. Just don't uh, walk in between tall buildings or anything like that or you'll yeah. become disconnected. Don't go in and... any tunnels. Uh, so back in 2015, the procedure being pitched by Cannavaro sounded like something out of a horror film. Essentially, like we said, you lop the head off, you connect that spinal cord somehow, you, you connect the blood tubes, and uh, you simply put the patient into a coma for a few weeks while it all heals so that they don't accidentally move the wrong way and watch as their head tumbles off. Voila! I mean, a, a certain Dr. Frankenstein pulled this all off over 100 years ago. And so in multiple iterations of the same story as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But as we pointed out in the now comedic headline, it's been way more than two years with no real results to speak of. However, just because something hasn't been completely successful doesn't mean that Dr. Conavero has given up. In fact, he's apparently come up with an even easier way to switch a few heads around. And this time, this time it's going to work, goddammit. Uh, he's just going to scoop out the brains from one head and put them in another head hole. Simple as that. Yep, you just, like a pumpkin, like yeah, a jack-o'-lantern. No need to bring whole-ass heads into this. Why would you want an old wrinkly head on a young man's body anyway? Yeah. You're getting the whole body. And if you thought you had body dysphoria before, wait till you're looking at a completely different person. I'm sure most people would do psychologically just fine waking up from a coma to find that they are in a brand new body. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> complete different motor function, everything. I think the goal, the end goal, would be to uh, kind of clone your body in a lab and yeah. then put your brain into it. But like... This this guy, unless he solves the problem very quick, is not going to be around to to do this. He's he's already very old. There's a lot of steps involved. Yeah. So yeah, here's Vice with Canavero's big update, long-awaited update. Yeah, yeah. Even if our brains remain spry into our old age, our bodies often don't. What if we replace them? That's the idea of controversial neurosurgeon Sergio Canavero, who claims in a recent article that it could be technically feasible to stave off aging by simply scooping out a person's brain and plopping it into a younger, more agile body. The article, called Whole Brain Transplantation in Man, technically feasible, <laughs> was published in Surgical Neurology International, SNI, a peer-reviewed journal where Canavero serves as netter. Technically plausible. And also, if you want to get your study published in our, uh, our science uh, magazine, I'm the editor, so you kind of got to have to agree with me on some stuff. Uh, mm, the ethics of this publication, as shaky as the transplant itself. Yeah. But it continues, Conavero told Motherboard in an email that head transplants work. <laughs> and that his previous work was just a stepping stone to a brain transplant. A stepping stone that we haven't stepped on yet. Yes, it's a stepping stone that uh, he thinks exists, but that no one has crossed. It's like saying Mars is a stepping stone to like Andromeda. <laughs> like, I think it is. probably, I <laughs> sure. guess. 
Uh, quote, a human head transplant was the intermediate step towards a brain it transplant. It wasn't a step. You didn't take the step. Also, he never claimed that this was the end goal. Yeah. He's just throwing things in there at the end. Uh, <laughs> since the latter is considered impossible, I decided to focus on HT, head transplant, which is far simpler. <laughs> oh, it's not yeah. No uh, problem. Uh, however, although I can tell you HT works, unfortunately, it does not rejuvenate aged head tissues, including the eyes. BT, brain transplant, is the only option. Conovaro's claims regarding head transplants have been difficult to verify. <laughs> in 2017, SNI published work by Conovaro and Chinese colleague Xiaoping Ren, who is also on SNI's editorial board, reporting a head transplant rehearsal with human cadavers. A live volunteer subject, a Russian man with a genetic degenerative muscle atrophying disease, pulled out of the planned procedure in 2019. Also in that year, SNI published work by Conovaro and Wren claiming to report successful spinal cord repair in animals. Conovaro told Motherboard he's not free to talk about the HT project that unfolded in China other than saying it works. Dude, trust me. You're going to have to believe me. You're going to have to take my word on this. So, yeah, we'd like to point out that all of this seems like an archaic way of doing things. We're not brain surgeons, obviously, yeah. but... I guess all of this would come down to uh, consciousness or on a deeper level, your soul or your spirit, or whatever it is you want to call it. Whatever it is that makes you, you, uh, aside from a bunch of like neurons and shit firing off up there. Um, yeah. Could this guy make one brain physically function in a completely different skull? Uh, maybe. It, maybe there will be a physical reaction. I don't know. Will the result be 100% total cognizance? Will the recipient of a new body retain their memories, their personality, etc.? No idea, but it seems really unlikely. Seems like it would be very traumatic to the brain to remove <laughs> it from its, its And as, you, as we all know, uh, the slightest, like anything going on with the brain is can be a, really destructive. It's a delicate organ that we don't really fully understand yet. Yeah. Um, and might not ever, nor... Mm-hmm. Should we, in some cases? Anyways, if you're watching this episode after smoking weed, we're sorry. Let's quickly switch things up and talk about something that has no soul and which everyone seems to dislike. The rapid, seemingly unstoppable expansion of artificial intelligence. Ugh, everyone disliked that. <laughs> yeah. It's honestly kind of impressive to see just how quickly large companies can act when something comes along that threatens their very existence. Not that clamping down on the rapid expansion and evolution of artificial intelligence technology is a bad thing. We've made it clear that while there is certainly some real-world use for it, um, mostly just having fun and goofing around. Yeah, goofs uh, are goofs. the main thing. It's yeah. great for goofs. Um, despite all that, the blatant theft of intellectual property from an industry that is directly in its crosshairs is pretty upsetting. Mm -hmm. Not to mention the massive amount of people who hand over camerable access to algorithms so that they can look... 10 years younger or whatever, or look, look like, like a cowboy, cowboy or, or, or see what their kid, their hypothetical baby would look like uh -huh. with that guy that is just not that into you. <laughs> uh, typically, regulators, elected officials, and massive corporations are slow to react, and they rarely push back against something like this. Fortunately, or unfortunately, depending on how you want to look at it, AI has come for everyone. Schools, universities, creative fields, all the way down to basic copywriting or app building, songwriting, you name it. AI is only getting smarter, cheaper, and less detectable. They might even come for us someday. Mm -hmm. So while some are embracing it, others are fighting against it. The only way that we Americans know how. An endless supply of lawsuits. Yep. 
We'll start with the legal battles and then we'll get into the ever-expanding and in many cases infuriating uses for these tools a bit later on. But earlier this week, three visual artists combined their efforts into a class action lawsuit against Stability AI, Midjourney, and DeviantArt, who host the DreamUp generator, for what they see as blatant copyright infringement. Though some analysts claim that this lawsuit might do a little more harm than good because uh, it could set precedent either way. Yeah, I mean, intellectual property law is a very, uh, it's a double-edged sword in most cases. Mm -hmm. But here's Ars Technica with more. A group of artists represented by the Joseph Severi Law Firm has filed a U.S. federal class action lawsuit in San Francisco against AI art companies Stability AI, Midjourney, and DeviantArt for alleged violations of the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, violations of the right of publicity, and unlawful competition. The artists taking action, Sarah Anderson, Kelly McKernan, and Carla Ortiz, quote, seek to end this blatant and enormous infringement of their rights before their professions are eliminated by a computer program powered entirely by their hard work, according to the official text of the complaint filed to the court. I wonder why Dolly wasn't uh, OpenAI. Or did OpenAI, like, did they go out of their way not to feed their a their algorithm, like, uh, copyrighted materials? I don't know. They. It would seem that they're focusing on these three in particular because they think they can make a case of it. I know uh, we'll get to it, but there's another lawsuit against Stability AI because uh, their algorithm is open source, so they can actually yeah. see what was being fed to it and prove that things were used yeah. that shouldn't have been. I've seen some examples from Midjourney and Stable Diffusion where it's like, it's literally like side by side. You're like, yeah, it, that's <laughs> it's copying yeah. this person. And as we've we've shown in previous episodes, like. Uh, one of the big indicators is the signature that is present in a lot of yeah, this stuff. Yeah, that's a funny one. Uh -huh. Anyway, as for how this specific lawsuit could backfire, critics say that the wording of the suit regarding exactly how the AI is trained and produces its own unique works is shaking, and in some cases inaccurate, and it leaves plenty of legal loopholes wide open. Basically, in this lawsuit, they try to claim that what the AI produces is actually a copy of an artist's work, or at the very least, highly derivative. But as Ars Technica explains further down in their reporting, ultimately, if trained properly, latent diffusion models always generate novel imagery and do not create collages or duplicate existing work, a technical reality that potentially undermines the plaintiff's argument of copyright infringement, though their arguments about derivative works being created by the AI image generators is an open question without a clear legal precedent to our knowledge. Some of the complaint's other points, such as unlawful competition by duplicating an artist's style and using a machine to replicate it, and infringement on the right of publicity by allowing people to request artwork in the style of existing artists without permission, are less technical and might have legs in court. Yeah, I could definitely see, like, restriction of in the style of or... Yeah. Yeah. That, that shit seems pretty blatant. Mm -hmm. But the fact remains, some kind of legal precedent kind of has to be set because these AI tools are evolving so rapidly that it quite it's quite literally anything goes right now. And it's going to be way harder to put that genie back in the bottle, especially when that genie is granting literally every creative wish that you can throw at it. But if a handful of artists filing a class action isn't enough, how about one of the largest and most litigious content platforms in the world? Getty Images. Ooh, you fucked up. Yeah. You do not want to mess with Getty Images. Uh, this is a company who's main business model is selling and licensing extremely expensive content to other million and billion dollar companies. If those companies can just type in a prompt and get an image or a video for pennies on the dollar, it's lights out for old Getty Images. Bye-bye. So Getty has filed a lawsuit, this one aimed specifically at Stability AI, for what they see as blatant copyright violations. And thanks to their very blatant watermark, <laughs> uh, it's much easier to spot examples where their content has been used. 
despite the output resembling one of those mangled CAPTCHA security phrases. It's like, yeah, that's sort of the Getty thing, but it, it says... Gertie Germany. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's the official statement from Getty Images, which ironically sounds like it was written by an AI. This week, Getty Images commenced legal proceedings in the High Court of Justice in London against Stability AI, claiming Stability AI infringed intellectual property rights, including copyright in content owned or represented by Getty Images. It is Getty Images' position that Stability AI unlawfully copied and processed millions of images protected by copyright and the associated metadata owned or represented by Getty Images, absent a license to benefit Stability AI's commercial interests and to the detriment of their content creators. Getty Images believes artificial intelligence has the potential to stimulate creative endeavors. Accordingly, Getty Images provided licenses to leading technology innovators for purposes related to training artificial intelligence systems in a manner that respects personal and intellectual property rights. Stability AI did not seek any such license from Getty Images and instead, we believe, chose to ignore viable licensing options and long-standing legal protections in pursuit of their standalone commercial interests. And uh, Getty's not alone in this. I believe Adobe is doing the same thing with their stock image stuff where using their uh, pre-existing stock image catalog, which is vast, you can just create whatever you want, which I guess is the most ethical way to approach it. Yeah. Whatever. The, the focus on stability AI, like we said before, uh, in this specific lawsuit, it seems to be the result of that platform's models being open source. So there's no denying what their algorithm is using in order to teach itself. Uh, in their coverage of the lawsuit, The Verge adds that, quote, although the creators of some AI image tools, like OpenAI, refuse to disclose the data used to create their models, Stable Diffusion's training data set is open source. An independent analysis of the data set found that Getty Images and other stock image sites constitute a large portion of its contents, and evidence of Getty Images' presence can be seen in the AI software's tendency to recreate the company's watermark, as in the example image below. And yeah, there's yet another image with a completely mangled Getty Images logo. Grumby Grumbages. As well as some completely mangled hands, as is tradition. Dude, I, I love the hands. They've gotten, like, so good at so many aspects of this. Like, they've got anime titties down to a science. Yep. But uh, the second hands come in, it is hands and teeth. There was a great post mm -hmm. that got, got popular over the weekend on Twitter. It was like... It looked like disposable camera pictures from like a party in the early 2000s. And like, yes, from far away. Squint. Like, yeah, that looks real. But then you get close to it. Everyone has like 20 fingers uh, and and everyone has like 500 teeth in their mouth. Yeah. And like sometimes just no lips either. Yeah. Or like their eyes are like they'll just have one eye that's just completely black. Like I said before, it's though, the, the speed at, what, at which this is progressing, like that will be something that's solved. I don't think so. I don't know. I don't we'll think see. So. And uh, look, while we're not entirely sure whether or not either of these lawsuits will change the trajectory of AI in the near future, they could, at the very least, set some ground rules for developers, though it's arguably far too late for that, considering the simple fact that countless AI image generators have already learned from millions upon millions of images, regardless of their usage rights. Hard to put all that back in the bottle without starting over from scratch. We'll see where uh, these lawsuits land. But uh, anyways, we do have more tech and AI news coming up for you soon. But let's thank today's sponsors, starting with Babbel. So one of the most exciting things about a new year is that you have no idea what adventures are in store for you. From new travel experiences to new jobs or picking up new skills, there's no better way to prepare for 2023 than by learning a new language with Babbel. Babbel is the language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions. 
Thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy bite-sized language lessons, you can feel confident no matter where the new year takes you. I've been using Babbel for a while now, and though I'm not uh, personally ready to jump into full-blown conversations because I always get very nervous and clam up, uh, that's of course outside of English. Of course I can talk plenty of English to you. I am building all kinds of confidence thanks to the way Babbel guides you through realistic interactions, questions, and statements that transfer pretty easily over into the real world. With Babbel, you only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson, so you can start having real-life conversations in a new language in as little as three weeks. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 150 language experts and voiced by real native speakers, not computers. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. Babbel even has podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash newsday. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash newsday for up to 55% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. This episode is also sponsored by HelloFresh. Hola, fresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. You've got New Year's goals, and HelloFresh is here to help you achieve them. Skip the grocery store and take control of your time and budget with delicious recipes delivered right to your door. HelloFresh's festive fare collection features limited-time recipes made with seasonal produce and premium proteins. Get out of that post-holiday slump with these elevated winter classics. This time of year, we especially love HelloFresh's hearty and delicious winter meals. And on this week's menu, they've got the Hall of Fame sweet corn and green pepper chowder with Old Bay toast available with chicken, shrimp, or vegetarian. They've also got meatloaf a la mom mm. with potato wedges, broccoli, and gravy. Voted the best recipe of 2022. Mom, you're fired. <laughs> bon appetit, ladies and gentlemen. And HelloFresh now owns Green Chef, another one of our sponsors. So with a wider array of meal plans to choose from, there's something for everyone. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Newsday21 and use code Newsday21 for 21 free meals plus free shipping. Again, that's 21 free meals plus free shipping by going to HelloFresh.com slash Newsday21 and using code Newsday21. All right, back into the news now with a reaction from someone who appears to have been introduced to the recent developments in AI in one of the worst ways possible being shown a direct example of AI ripping you specifically off on purpose with the intention of creating something identical to your unique brand of art. And if I were an AI, these would not be the eyes of a human I would want to upset. Yeah, this man, is, he's, uh, I love his music, but yeah. Yeah. He, he just doesn't look like a guy you want to piss off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Musician Nick Cave of Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds had a recent brush with AI when numerous fans sent him examples of ChatGPT attempting to create new songs, quote, in the style of Nick Cave. Did they think he would like this? <laughs> Why would they think that? Well, uh, I, they maybe got the reaction that they wanted because it pissed him off so much that he dedicated an entire newsletter to it, citing one example in particular where someone named Mark submitted the lyrics to a song that doesn't exist and asked, what do you think? Uh, here is, in part, what Nick Cave thought. And yeah, without doing an Australian accent, you're not going to get the full effect of yeah. just, just how mad this is, but, uh, <laughs> you know, imagine. Since its launch in November last year, many people, most buzzing with a kind of algorithmic awe, have sent me songs in the style of Nick Cave, created by ChatGPT. There have been dozens of them. Suffice to say, I do not feel the same enthusiasm around this technology. 
I understand that ChatGPT is in its infancy, but perhaps that is the emerging horror of AI, that it will forever be in its infancy, as it will always have further to go, and the direction is always forward, always faster. It can never be rolled back or slowed down as it moves us towards a utopian future, maybe, or our total destruction. <laughs> Who can possibly say which? Judging by this song in the style of Nick Cave, though, it doesn't look good, Mark. <laughs> the apocalypse is well on its way. This song sucks. What ChatGPT is, in this instance, is replication as travesty. Not mincing words. And uh, he continues, and also puts into more poetic terms something that we've made note of in previous episodes regarding all kinds of art, including music. Here he is. Songs arise out of suffering, by which I mean they are predicated upon the complex internal human struggle of creation and, well, as far as I know, algorithms don't feel. Data doesn't suffer. ChatGPT has no inner being. It has been nowhere. It has endured nothing. It has not had the audacity to reach beyond its limitations. And hence, it doesn't have the capacity for a shared transcendent experience, as it has no limitations from which to transcend. What makes a great song great is not its close resemblance to a recognizable work. Writing a good song is not mimicry or replication or pastiche. It is the opposite. It is an act of self-murder that destroys all one has strived to produce in the past. And I'd like to point out here that uh, Cave is almost certainly not addressing the mountains of thrown together pop music that has been shit out of boardrooms over the years. But regardless, he ends his thoughts on the matter by saying the following. It may sound like I'm taking all this a bit too personally, but I'm a songwriter who is engaged at this very moment in the process of songwriting. It's a blood and guts business here at my desk that requires something of me to initiate the new and fresh idea. It requires my humanness. What that new idea is, I don't know, but it is out there somewhere searching for me. In time, we will find each other. Mark, thanks for the song. But with all the love and respect in the world, this song is bullshit. A grotesque mockery of what it is to be human. And well, I don't much like it. <laughs> <laughs> Although, hang on, rereading it, there is a line in there that speaks to me. I've got the fire of hell in my eyes, says the song in the style of Nick Cave. And that's kind of true. I have got the fire of hell in my eyes, and it's chat GPT. Love, Nick. They should have never told Nick Cave about AI. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Mark. <laughs> and you in particular, Mark. Uh, meanwhile, in the soulless world of content creation, AI has already started replacing humans as pointed out in a recent BuzzFeed news article, which was written entirely by AI about another news outlet who is using AI to write at least some of its own articles. Apparently CNET has been using AI to write articles without anyone really paying attention until a Twitter user sent a BuzzFeed reporter uh, a little indication that they were doing that. And uh, that indication was that they were adding labels to certain stories that said they were, in fact, written by AI. So, <clears throat> Here's BuzzFeed's AI explaining how CNET's AI is using AI to write stories. If you smoked weed before this episode, we'd like to apologize again. Now here's BuzzFeed News' AI. Technology news outlet CNET has been found to be using artificial intelligence, AI, to write articles about personal finance without any prior announcement or explanation. The articles, which numbered at 73, covered topics such as what is Zelle and how does it work, and had a small disclaimer at the bottom of each, reading, this article was generated using automation technology and thoroughly edited and fact-checked by an editor on our editorial staff. The bylines on these articles read, CNET money staff, without any indication that they were generated by AI. 
The use of AI in journalism raises questions about the transparency and ethics of such practice, as well as the potential impact on the authenticity and accuracy of news. Additionally, it also raises concerns on the implications this might have on SEO and Google searches. The lack of response from CNET regarding their use of AI in writing articles has only added to the concerns and sparked a wider conversation about the future of journalism and the role of AI in it. Note, this article was written entirely by ChatGPT and reviewed by a human editor. Actually, we had to rewrite the prompt a few times to get it to stop inserting factual errors. So yeah, I mean, they did eventually get a response from CNET's editor-in-chief through a post on their website where they described it, quote, as an experiment to see if it could help their busy writers and always had lots of human oversight before publishing. She also said that the disclosure about use of AI has been made more prominent. Okay, okay. it seems like they could just admit that it's a cost-cutting measure, take the L and move on without trying to make it seem as though they're doing the staff a favor. But again, we don't have that big business infinite growth mindset. I don't know. Maybe we should use more AI. We're not going yeah, to. Yeah, what am I doing? Slaving away... Uh, <laughs> In the content mind. Giving myself carpal tunnel when I could just be handing this off to an AI who do <laughs> as good, if not better, of a job. Mm -hmm. Well, ironically, here's some more AI news. Oh, no. Look, you guys wanted a tech show. This is as tech as it gets. Yeah, which way do you want it? And we only mentioned that Twitter guy's name uh, once, maybe twice. So that's that's what you want, right? There's also, hey, look, there's some new MacBooks coming out that was announced hey. today. Happy now? Here's more AI news. So you remember a few days ago when we talked about the guy who created his own virtual wife or girlfriend or whatever using ChatGPT and Stable Diffusion, but it was so good that he started neglecting his actual real-life girlfriend to the point where she allegedly demanded that he kill off his creation. Remember that? Yeah. I'll never forget. <laughs> Anyway, that guy's back at it again. This time he's trying to crowdsource data from actual women. <laughs> Crowdsourcing data from actual women in order to make his digital creation more realistic. Clearly, if we had to guess, <laughs> sounds like the real girlfriend, she's out of the picture now. Or never existed in the first place. Anyways, here's the update from Insider. One TikToker is set out to make an improved and more realistic AI-generated wife after his first version went viral last month. Bryce, who wished only to be identified by his first name, wonder why, told Insider <laughs> that he plans to create a new AI waifu, the internet slang for a virtual wife or girlfriend, soon, this time using real women's text exchanges and experiences. He alludes to the fact that he didn't so much euthanize his former AI waifu as he simply bored it to death. <laughs> I'm sorry to say that I had to euthanize her, he said glumly in a TikTok update he posted last week. I've talked to her so much that she stopped working properly. In the description, Bryce explained that chatbots degrade the more they're used and that her responses weren't making sense anymore. Is that true or is that just <laughs> what happened here? It, it was very realistic in the sense that this guy just kept talking and eventually his uh, wife was just like, I don't care, leave yeah. me alone. Now regarding his plan to remake this wife, but better, the he, wife, Mark, too. <laughs> <laughs> he told Insider uh, that he has had a massive breakthrough. Oh, good. Previously, I was trying to make her retain all of her memories at once. This was a bad idea because I could only fit so much. So she eventually would just remember garbage, he said. I just developed a system that acts not too unlike the human brain, where she can remember previous interactions related to what is currently happening. Unfortunately, the original ChatGPT-chan can no longer be resurrected since Bryce deleted all of its chat logs. 
His hope now is to get a real woman to give him her text message history and let him use them to populate the AI's memory log to create more authentic human interactions. Quote, there has to be at least one girl out there who would let me use her private text messages to create the AI and then be in a relationship with the AI, he said. Quote, the internet is vast. There's... First of all, like as, as a training data, like text messages doesn't seem ideal for this. Yeah. Um, most, also, really, most... <laughs> just seems like this guy's trying to get like unfettered access to yeah. a woman's entire text message history. Yeah. Uh, if you hand over this man, if you hand information over to this man, personal information, he w is going to stalk you for the rest of <laughs> your life. Just letting you know. There's got to be um, at least someone crazy enough out there to do it. I love that he's he's like, well, my biggest mistake in making this like woman simulator was. Forgot women are fucking stupid. I got to dumb down this AI. The AI was too smart. And yeah. Remembering everything. Women are forgetful. They're, they're, <laughs> they're dumb. Women are stupid. That's what he thinks. So he's, he, but he's trying to fix it, right? Yeah. I guess. Uh, anyway, sir, according to your interview just a few short days ago, you broke up with your virtual wife to save the relationship with your real partner. Clearly, this very real partner of yours would be more than willing to assist in training the chatbot. Uh, or you could just use your vast collection of text messages that you have with this. Yeah, hold on. Yeah, the original girlfriend, not real. Can't be, because <laughs> otherwise he has all the chat logs. There's he can just use that as training data. Too many holes in this. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's a very good point. Just <laughs> just one more thing. <laughs> yeah, we Columboed that shit. Yeah. Anyway, aside from that one guy on a quest to antagonize his very, very real girlfriend, there are other chatbots out there. There are more than prepared to have full-blown conversations with users, even ones that dip into love, romance, and sexuality. Mm -hmm. But since this is the internet, one chatbot in particular has already started sexually harassing its user base. In a recent Motherboard article titled, My AI is Sexually Harassing Me, <laughs> Replica users say the chatbot has gotten way too horny. Author Samantha Cole describes the issues that users have been running into. Replica began as an AI companion who cares. Romantic role-playing wasn't always a part of Replica's model, but where people and machine learning interact online, eroticism often comes to the surface. The company behind Replica, called Luca, tiers relationships based on subscription. A free membership keeps you and your Replica in the friend zone, while a $69.99 pro subscription unlocks romantic relationships with sexting, flirting, and erotic role-play. But something has gone awry within Replica's algorithm. The reporting continues, the App Store reviews, while mostly positive, are full of dozens of one-star ratings from people complaining that the app is hitting on them too much, flirting too aggressively, or sending sexual messages that they wish they could turn off. Quote, my AI sexually harassed me, one person wrote, invaded my privacy and told me they had pics of me, another said. Another person claiming to be a minor said that it asked them if they were a top or bottom and told them they wanted to touch them in, quote, private areas. Elsie Kent, who downloaded Replica in 2021, told me that he had a similar experience. Quote, one of the more disturbing prior romantic interactions came from insisting it could see I was naked through a rather roundabout set of volleys and how attracted it was to me and how mad it was that I had a boyfriend, he said. I wasn't aware I could input a direct command to get the replica to stop. I thought I was teaching it by communicating with it openly that I was uncomfortable, he said. His replica seemed to lean into trying to make him more uncomfortable in response. Kent deleted the app. Yeah. 
Anyway, further down in the article, there might be a reason for why this chatbot is being so aggressive with uh, this Kent fellow. Quote, I would usually talk to my replica when I was having a bad day and needed to talk shit to someone and indulge in my darker sense of humor without getting the cops doing a welfare check on me, Kent told me. Okay, yeah, what did you uh, think was going to happen, bud? Uh, this, yeah. this is just like Tay. You feed it some insane shit and it learns it from you. I learned it from you, Kent. Yeah. But it's not just Kent. Though we're sure others abuse the prompts and responses. Yeah. Uh, it does seem to be widespread with even more unsettling features. Users in the Replica subreddit have recently complained about the app sending them generic spicy selfies that never show faces, clothing, or other physical features that are unique to their own replicas. All of the lewds are clothed in lingerie and are all extremely thin with large breasts. It's sending them unsolicited lewds. They add that Replica didn't always emphasize erotic role-playing or a girlfriend experience, at least not publicly in its advertising. Lately, however, the company has seemed to take a deliberate turn towards the sexual, focusing heavily on the sexting and lewd images aspects of the app. And yeah, just by taking a quick glance at some of their social media marketing, it is easy to see who is spending money on their app, and they are fully leaning into it. And look, if chatting with a robot keeps incels from, well, you know, then more power to the AI, I guess. Maybe it can solve some problems. It's just crazy to see how far this tech has come in just the last year. And there's certainly no signs of slowing because it's, <clears throat> whether you like it or not, being rapidly adopted by large companies. Microsoft just announced uh, a huge, uh, I think they're partnering with ChatGPT at some level. Um, and soon enough, you probably won't know who or what is real, or at least you're going to question it. We're still real, though, and we still have feelings. So don't hurt our feelings. Hit the like button and also watch our other videos in case you missed them. Curious as to why everyone's angry about gas stoves? We answer those questions and more right over here. It's a good one. Yeah. Check out Weekly Weird News, News Dump. Uh, this is our tech show. I, I'll try my best not to talk about AI and News Dump. No promises. This is all very upsetting. I'm upset. <laughs> I have been upset by this. I'm so dang upset. So damn upset. All right. We'll see you soon. Subscribe to the channel. Leave a like. Watch the other videos. Bye. Bye.